So, welcome everyone to the episode, and it seems like it is becoming a weekly thing, uh, of our podcast, New Frontier. And today, our guest is the first artist actually on this podcast that is dedicated to NFTs, right? Uh, which is, which is uh, strange, but let's fix that. So, our guest is Andrew Kay, and he is not just an NFT artist, he is actually a very prominent designer. Uh, when it comes to different areas uh, of this skill, uh, including UI and, uh, I guess, uh, general design, uh, visual creation, and many other things. Uh, and the artworks he's creating are totally amazing, from my perspective at least. Uh, so today we'll try to talk about, you know, this aspect of NFTs, the artworks in general, how it's feeling, how is it going uh, in this space. So, welcome! Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. Good to be here. Uh, so maybe I should say a bit about me. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'm an artist and designer. Uh, I've been drawing since I was a kid, um, but I realized it's something that I can do for a living and it's my passion probably around 15, 17 years ago. And probably at that time I started designing as well. And I've been like doing those two things all along and like I cannot define myself as only an artist or only as a designer because I always need both things to to do both things to, to be to be fine or to be to feel okay. So yeah, uh about my art, uh, my like my usual subject is uh portraits, like so mainly female portraits. And I really enjoy doing them like Colorful and vibrant, but in the years it all changed. Like I had my like black and white periods or colorful periods, so you know art evolves. And yeah, and about my design, uh, I've been graphic designer, like branding designer. I've been uh, web designer, and now I'm more like into UX, UI, and even right now i'm kind of an entrepreneur having my own startup so <laughs> i've tried it all even went to architecture school to study yeah yeah and that's why it's really amazing to talk to you because like you know you're not just an artist who you know caught this nft wave a few months ago and is riding it but you are really doing all of it for quite some time and i know you had a lot of exhibitions actually prior already to nft uh, movement uh, and so so yeah like uh, you you have proven yourself way 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 before any of this actually started yeah 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 uh, definitely I've been like I realized this is my passion but like I always from the beginning I realized that digital artists might think not traditional and you know years ago like people weren't looking good at digital art like it was something that uh, some kid is doing on his computer and people perceive it like the computer is doing the whole thing and yeah. now with yeah, now with nfts it, it can, people started to look like uh, like okay this digital art starting to make a lot of money so it's a real thing and the other thing is like uh we digital artists now we can sell our thing uh, as it is like we don't have to print it and lose details now you you sell it as it is but doesn't give a kind of more freedom because it's it's like you're not just uh, you're not just you know selling more than paintings, right? Uh, 
and not just digital form because you can include like you know these uh, animations uh, music uh, things like that like more levels i guess of of context into it. yeah yeah this is like the first real uh cell medium of digital art because digital art is sometimes it's a static image but sometimes you know it's a video with music and like a whole uh, one hour video of like some crazy experiment. I don't know. It's art. It could be anything. Yeah, but by the way, experiments. We've mentioned it on on the previous uh, episode. Uh, Puck, for example, he's creating uh, some real cool pieces, which include you know uh, visuals and sometimes audio and sometimes you know even some pieces of code, right? Where, for example. Uh, the uh, visuals change according to I don't know your time zone or day and night, um, you know, or weather or a number of times you have sold this NFT and you know different things basically that you can somehow uh, you know uh, understand through uh, through different code pieces basically right. So it's like art that is deeply included into the blockchain. What do you think about that? I think that's that's what the real NFT art is actually, and I expect more and more artworks to appear like that. Can like the future of art is something like that, uh, and like could be something with code and something that uh, you interact with it. Like I expect to be more and more the art to be like more and more like that. So yeah, uh, that's like you know going deeper and exploring new uh, ways to. Im- like enrich the art actually but let's talk about something that is not maybe so enriching uh you know um what about generative um art let's say right so nfts that you know are ten thousand pieces with random features like okay uh crypto punks uh let's let's put the, that about his side uh just because you know it was the first one right so everybody obviously is hard because that's a piece of i guess crypto and blockchain history in the first place, pop culture, and so on. But uh, you know, a lot of such uh, projects are popping out. And how do you feel about them from your perspective, like from the perspective of an artist? Yeah. So uh, you're right. A lot of projects pop up, and sometimes they're like really similar to one another, which is kind of like I don't know. If people buy it, then there is a market for it. But me as an artist, you know, I'm always looking for the visual aesthetics and looking for something unique, something uh, new, something different. So when I see a lot of uh, uh, generative projects appear that uh, are pretty much the same, so they're not really interesting to me. But I don't know if people buy it, why not? Yeah, I mean, you, you, you can't judge them from that perspective. Yeah. But again, like that's, that's I guess, uh, one of the points of it. Uh, people yeah. buy it because they can sell it. Yeah, that's what that, it seems. Of course, but I expect in the future this to change. Like, for example, right now I'm part of a new project that's forming up. It's a it started as a generative project, but now it's more like uh, the idea is to every piece to be created by different artists. By but first there are some traits that are pretty predetermined for the artist. Like for example. Fat face, there is a snake, a certain flower, a certain color. And then, for example, me, I take those traits and draw something within the, those restraints. And a lot of different draw draw with their traits. And you have something like a 
generative project, but at the same time, it's not generative, it's a unique piece. Like every piece is unique, it's interesting. Yeah, uh, and like uh, this project that was released, I guess, today or yesterday with playing cards, right? So that's the one. Yeah. This is another project that I started working like uh, this week. But uh, mm -hmm. playing cards is another example. Like uh, there weren't any constraints there. Like uh, the guy from playing cards said, like this is your card, and to do whatever you like. like. Could be something with your card, could be not. But uh, I guess a lot of artists prefer to do something with their card because it it, it makes more sense. Like if you get ace of hearts, you know, it's cool to make a heart or something. Yeah, of course. Uh, but like you know, that's that's something that I've been thinking about. Uh, you know, while I was mentally preparing for this podcast, um, because uh, one of the things everybody, um, I, okay, there are different aspects to NFTs in general, right? And how we see them, how do we think they make world a better place, right? Because in the end of the day, that's what happens with every technology. That's how we promote it. So to NFTs, that's, uh, you know, one thing is this ability to sell digital versions uh, of artwork or digital native artwork online, which is amazing. Uh, ability to connect with your audience. But also one of the things uh, is the, the ability to collect royalties on the, on the secondary market, right? And uh, yeah. for, again, for these, uh, you know, uh, collectible, let's say, uh, projects, which in the first place is these generative uh, art PFPs or uh, whatever, the secondary market over there is really obvious, right? They have a huge volume usually, like, you know, on OpenSea yeah. or in general. But yeah. when it comes to, like, you know, art pieces, like actual art pieces, they are not intended to be, you know, sold again and again within days, right? Uh, probably your pieces, uh, you know, are not intended to be sold in the next decade, at least. Uh, maybe people don't want to sell them at all. So, you know, how does that... Uh, is, is it actually working for you as an artist? Yeah, yeah. So, um, at the beginning, when I heard about NFTs and the whole concept, it, it, it sounded great. Like, you, I will win a lot of people, uh, like a lot of money after some time when someone sells my work. Like, it sounds amazing. But in reality, I haven't sold anything on secondary market. And yeah, like it, it doesn't happen that fast. Uh, I guess uh, for, for an artist to, uh, like, to have his piece sold on secondary market, like he has to become uh, like really famous and successful. So there is a point of his collectors to start selling his works and uh, making money on that. But, uh, you know, that's, <laughs> that's the idea of like the, the artist NFT space. Like, like every artist wants to to become famous, people to know him and to to make money, of course. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. But again, like uh, you are producing, for example, you are mostly doing one of one of ones, right? Yeah, and which again means that you can produce only this much uh, pieces in your lifetime, basically, right? It's like if you you can't you can't just go out and create ten thousand pieces, uh, just by definition, you can't have as big of a secondary market. And, you know, that's one of the things I see as, you know, like a failed promise of sorts when it comes to NFTs. Or do you think there is another way to change that? Yeah, I understand that. But probably that's because you're thinking about NFTs. And when I get into NFTs, I, 
realized like NFTs for art, it's basically art market, but online. So art market in like the, the real, the normal art market, it's worth like that. Like you have to become famous in order some in order someone else to like one of collectors to want to sell his work and make money of it. If you're not becoming famous, like he like he probably likes your work. Why don't why do he need to sell it? So yeah, but NFTs I don't know. So they didn't become that that much of a you know, from, from that perspective at least that much of a game changer, I guess. Well, yeah, like in the beginning, I expect to be like, like I was thinking, oh, yeah, that's the, the world is ours. But in reality, uh, <laughs> second market is not taking off. Uh, and I don't expect it to take off like for art unless you personally become an, a famous artist. Yeah, but again, like that's that's again, the, that doesn't depend just on you. And I believe it's also the same like, you know, in a traditional art space because uh, yeah, you want to become famous, but in order to become famous, either you have to be extremely good at, you know, self-promotion, you need to have somebody who actually knows how to do that, a different type of skill and a different, different work. And that's why I guess you have, again, galleries, uh, art dealers and so on. So people who are like, you know, business oriented and who have an interest in actually like promoting you in, uh, you know, making you from zero to hero. Right, and it seems like it's becoming actually the same way in the NFT space, but instead of gallerists and dealers and you know professionals that you have in the traditional art world, here you have like basically Twitter influencers, who which is a wild west from my perspective at least, or maybe I'm dead wrong. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. Like in traditional world, you have the galleries that uh, help you promote, or like some sometimes they do the whole, the whole thing like they promote you 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 just draw and do your thing but here like for example i'm promoting everything myself like uh, i have my, one of my friends that uh, sometimes i ask him like dude can you help me and we sit for a few hours and like he helps me like uh, distribute and things like that but basically doing thing myself which it's kind of a bummer, but at the same time, you're like skipping the middleman, which is the galleries. And the galleries sometimes they take like 50% of the cut, so it's a big deal. And yeah, and if when, like right now in Twitter, like you have your collectors when, when usually when one of your like collectors, they, they promote you. Like my collector, they, they constantly retweet my stuff, like tweet about it, so it's really good. Yeah, so so basically, those collectors are directly uh, acting as as a, as a gallery would, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah, like because you know, collectors they have other collectors that uh, they they're friends and, and they're watching them, and you know the, the big well, the wells, and like when someone tweets about something, and there are other collectors watching and looking for what he's buying and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. And you said like influencers in, in the space, like, like uh, I've noticed that in NFT space, there's like influencers that are, that are like super popular and it's really ha hard to, to reach them. Like, uh, 
I've tried, you know, writing the messages, saying hi, stuff like that, but they're just overwhelmed with uh, messages from other artists. So it's kind of hard to reach that influ influencers. But yeah, I can. Yeah, yeah. You, uh, you know, on the other hand, because uh, you know, uh, I mean, this project we're working on, UNQ Club, it also deals with with collectors. So you know, I've been reaching out to a lot of them as well. Uh, so I know what it looks like uh, because usually you don't get any answer whatsoever. But uh, also, um, you know, few times I got like automated message back, which was just like, you know, if you want your uh, artwork, for example, to go into my pin message, send uh, 0 0.2 Ethereum over here. And that's like, that's, that's just, you know, crazy because, um, you know, it, it seems like in space, again, this influencer space is so... Um, Field so full of uh, you know pretty much bots right that are what all they're doing is this like retweeting for money like you know they build the audience and and then they you know try to rip off I guess artists and that's it yeah yeah like those bots and those accounts but to be honest like I've carefully unfolded in the beginning I fought a lot of people in the NFT space and then like I was I was you know sitting on the feed for a few hours <laughs> and watching what people post. So I actually unfold those that uh, like you're constantly making the same chilling posts and you know, post your artwork here because like those posts don't really work most of the time. And the guys that want money to promote you, uh, I don't know if it, that even works, but uh, it's better to, to make a tight community around you and people will promote you anyway. If they like what you do and you're genuine and talk to them, yeah, they like your stuff. Yeah, and that's that's one of the things that is, I guess, a really important. Not just like you know in in the NFT space, but probably NFT space kind of inherited it from the general crypto. Uh, so this like you know whole community moment. Um, and I don't know how big of a difference it is again with the real world and because on one hand. Uh, you have a limited number of people who are really interested in your art because they can purchase it, uh, right? Because again, one wants they are naturally expensive. Uh, you will never sell anything for fifty dollars, for example, right? So yeah. how do you build uh, an actual like you know do do you actually want to build a big community or do you want to have an exclusive community that is like you know? consistent of people that can afford that and can appreciate it, I guess, also, because it's not um, it's not that easy, right? Uh, it's not that easy to appreciate art, I guess. It's not not for everyone. I am, for example, I'm, I'm, I generally uh, don't uh, see colors that great. So for me, it's harder to, you know, even uh, fully appreciate again. Uh, I'm repeating this word over, over and over. But, you know, appreciating the art is, is kind of hard for people. Um, is it different again from uh, you know from the real world? And how do you build this community? What community do you build? Well, it is different. Uh, you probably heard that a lot of times. But uh, NFT community right now it's really awesome. Like everyone is super supportive. Like not only the artists, but uh, influencers, and media uh, collectors, and uh, like I haven't been in such community for years. Like for 10 years like 
because I'm joined for a lot of time. In the beginning, there were like communities like Behance, Debian, Tarted. It was really awesome because everybody was super supportive. But then again, Instagram came. Instagram, where people like, like your art, send you a few emojis, but there is not like a community when, where you can talk with people. So NFT community right now is exactly that. Everybody is so awesome to talk to. And I don't know, like, I'm every day there, like, tweeting about my artwork, about the space, about NFTs, and people discard my art, like, like my stuff. Some people buy it, like, not a lot of people, as you said, because it's one-on-ones. But, um, yeah. Um, and you asked me, like, do I want to have a big community? Well, yeah, it's good to have a big community. And I guess if it, the community gets really big, um, probably I'll discover a new way to to create more art or like maybe I'll make a generative project or something like that so everyone can get his piece. Or so you want make... to go down that road in the end of the day? Oh, <laughs> oh that's just an example, but if it makes sense, why not? If it's a cool project, why not? Um, if like a lot of people want to buy my art, I can make an edition, like not one one. But yeah, uh, yeah but at the, same, at the same time, I feel like NFT art should be one one. Mm. Yeah, and and that's actually like you know that's really something that's uh, kind of conflicting for me at least. Yeah. Um, you know because you know if if it's really an art piece, you want it to be one on one, but then you don't have a secondary market. Like it, it's it's really not that simple uh, to to grasp and to find like the best way in general to do things. But I guess that's that's why I like you know what you're doing uh, because you're experimenting with different approaches, right? Like you know a little bit of one on one, a little bit of these collaborations, and in general, like speaking about collaborations. Uh, how how do you feel about that? Is is that probably like you know one of the moving uh, powers in, in this world, or is it actually like you know putting some additional constraints on you? Or yeah, so yeah, uh, collaborations are great. Um, for example, a month ago I, co I collaborated with CoinGecko. They like contacted me and said they do you want to be our spot spot uh, spot artist. And I was like, sure, and created a Gecko artwork for them. And it was awesome because, because they have this really big community on Twitter, on Instagram. Like, they have like thousands of people visiting their website every day. So this was, this was awesome because uh, when they shared my artwork, like a lot of people came to my Twitter, to my Instagram. Uh, then when I released the, the, the NFT, like there was a bidding war. And it sold for like 6.6 ether, which is like the biggest sale I have. I didn't expect that. So um, collaboration is awesome. And another collaboration is right now with the Playing Cards project, where um, like it's a card project, like so 52 cards, and that's 52 artists. And they, they, they gathered amazing cards. Like one of the artists, some of the artists I've been watching for years, and Right now, I'm in one project with them, which is awesome. I didn't expect something like that to happen. <laughs> so it's yeah, but honestly, that's like this. This whole thing was like the most impressive for me, and 
mostly interesting of all the projects I've seen recently because first of all it's a collaborative project so you like bring all of your audiences together uh, you introduce your audience to other artists and they introduce you to their audience on the other hand and the thing is it's it's art in the first place it's art but it's a really collectible art and that's i guess the difference right because uh it's not just like you know five thousand editions of the same art yeah but yeah. like if you if you if you dig the idea you'd want to have all 52 cards which is you know already an actual collection and you know having a full deck would be hard but that would be worth a lot <laughs> yeah yeah so like the project uh... Bank card project turns out like a great idea um, because you know collecting cards is like one of the things you want to buy, and the other thing is the amazing card is, and and it's it's a really nice project, and you can see like every day the the floor of the project is rising like really quickly, and the whole project sold for like maybe twenty minutes or something, and yeah, it's a pretty awesome project, and the other thing is. They didn't do a lot of promotion except like tweeting about it. But the artists, like there's two, two, 52 people that are like most of them are like famous artists and they're like tweeting on their Twitter. So they did all the marketing, marketing for the project, which is like a great idea. Yeah, yeah, that, that worked out really well. But again, from my perspective, it's the most it has the most sense actually to do things like that to combine uh art and collectible aspect to it because uh, i guess in the end of the day that's what uh all those generative uh art projects are all about is is about collecting finding those rare traits or whatever but uh in that case it kind of is uh, uh on the edge with i don't know lottery style loot box style approach right while here it's still art first, but you can collect it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't thought about it before, but you're totally right. So, what's 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 your general, like you said, let's say, near term plans when it comes to to this? Like, what's what's your ideal scenario um, in the market in general? Would you prefer to see it's like you know appreciating more of one on one projects and you know switching from? Um, this uh, PFP stuff, or do you want it to find some, you know, completely different and new model and collaborations and things like that? So, is it more about experimenting or just, you know, creating multiple niches? Yeah. So, like, for me, I would pretty much stick to one-on-one uh, NFTs, but at the same time, I'm like. I'm always open to to be part of a similar project because it's amazing. Like um, the the community that gets around the, those projects uh, is awesome. Like uh, we've been preparing for a whole month, and people are sharing their art, talking about it. So it's really nice. And in the end, it's an amazing project that everyone benefits from. It. But uh, for me personally, I really focus on my my art, which would be one on ones. Like for example, I'm thinking um, to to create a bigger drop with uh, like probably four or five works that I'll drop like at the same time, and have like to be some kind of series like connected with each other. So yeah, something like that. 
and just to remind everyone there is a, a chat channel uh, so if you have any questions you can post them there and this time I promise we will try to answer them all uh, and again apologize for the last time um, okay so um, having said all that um, in general uh, you know there are let's say uh, individual collectors right um, which uh, have their own uh, tastes probably some of them are you know more uh, into trading uh, the pieces and so on and so on but also there are uh, like those big uh, collector communities dolls and so on uh, did you have any experience with them and if yes like do you think that model uh, functions better because for example I know uh, this community called uh, star siblings and they're like really really into puck uh, right there they have the biggest collection of puck for example uh, and that is quite interesting because, again, Puck, for example, uh, is quite expensive. Um, but do do you know? Do you have experience in general working them? And if yes, what 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 are they like? Uh, sorry, I spit some water on my. <laughs> Can you repeat the question, brother? No problem. Um, th there are those uh, individual collector, individual collectors, uh, right? Uh, that have their own goals. Like you know, some of them really enjoy the art. Some of them are in for uh, flipping and so on. But also there are these collector communities, um, and this is like a different type of a beast, I guess, from some perspective, um, because uh, you know you can have literally thousands of people uh, focused on something and you know collecting together or working together or something like that. Uh, like for example, there is one community called uh, Star Siblings, and they're like really into puck pieces, right? And puck is expensive, so it makes sense for them to like you know even sometimes uh, put a fund together and uh, purchase a piece. Yeah. Do you have experience like you know uh, interacting with such communities and DAOs? And if yeah. yes, what is it like? No, I don't have um, haven't talked with anyone. Part of that community, of similar communities, but uh, I guess those community form form around uh, some famous artists that have a lot of pieces that uh, there is like a trend or like craze about it, like Ferocious or Pack or Depot, and I don't expect similar communities to form around like lesser known artists like me. So yeah, but. Hopefully one day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't be humble. Um, yeah, uh, and then again, uh, like speaking about Beeple, because uh, he was, you know, one of those people that probably influenced the space uh, a lot, right? Because uh, really this uh, moment when he sold this piece for like 60-something million, it was all around the place in all the news. Uh, but it's, it's crazy expensive, right? Uh, and do you think overall that it was like a good promotion for the space in general or yeah uh, so i think it was great because uh you know, with that thing like it puts uh nfts on the map of the art market and in digital art in also on the map of art market before because before that like as i said in the beginning people weren't looking like Especially older generations, like they were looking at digital art like something that com like computer creates instead of you, and it's not like that. And with that sale, uh, and uh, Christine uh, and uh, Saltbury's um, auctions, 
And it's still uh, on the map and people, like the art world is looking like uh, with serious eyes on the NFT world. So it's really good. And the other thing is like uh, artists like me started to believe more in themselves that they can make a living out of this. Because before NFTs, if I want to make a living out of uh, my artwork, I had to sell either prints or t-shirts or, uh, uh, for example, working with uh, brands uh, and things like that. And now I just create my stuff, create my art, and I know I can sell it. Yeah, and that's, that's, that, that is amazing. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> uh and um overall like uh right now it's 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 a little bit better but i remember when you know the first wave on nft craze started like in february or something like that uh march um it it was pretty weird because a lot of people were jumping uh you know artists were jumping uh into into the hype and uh, a lot of them were like you know or or twitter and uh facebook and like any place you can find you know, begging for for invites to to foundation, for example, yeah. and that feels like you know that's probably one of the reasons everybody at this moment at that moment was like, yeah, that's not going to last forever. That's really short term because uh, you know when people get overly excited about something, usually it's not a great sign. Um, but uh, now it calmed down on one hand. I guess everybody who wanted, pretty much everybody who wanted to get on foundation, for example, got there. Uh, foundation probably even doesn't uh, have the same uh, feel of exclusivity on one hand. On the other hand, it's probably not the greatest place even to mint your works because at least at least that's what I've seen, you know, as an opinion around the place. Um, so in general, like you know, what's what's your approach to uh, to marketplaces? Uh, because yeah, foundation, for example, is kind of exclusive. But you put all of your works on OpenSea, which is proud, kind of kind of open for all. What's what's your experience? What which works better actually for you? So, I'm only on foundation. Uh, like in the beginning, uh, I got accepted there, so I haven't been any anywhere else. I've been thinking to to go to him to try him or OpenSea, but. Uh, I don't know, maybe in the future. But like, my thoughts about it, like right now, Super Rare is the most pre premium place, like the best artists are there. And I think that's gonna stay for a long time because like they released their token a few days ago and it's basically they have the best artists in the digital digital art world. Um, Nifty, on the other hand, they, they, like, they have some really great artists, but they're also collaborating with the most famous artists in the world, like Eminem, uh, Grimes, or like or whatever. But um, I, I think they have some issues with their website, like the UX. In general, I think the the better artists are in super. So, yeah, but like uh, you know, if if super rare is full of great artists. Um, do you feel like it's uh, good for you because it's attracting more audience, or you know, it's it's also becoming a competitive space, I guess, right? Because uh, you know, people go there and everybody is great on Super Rare, for example, right? So how do you stand out? That's a great question. <laughs> well, um, I think like there's a lot of art, right? But uh, I believe like 
the right uh, collector will find you like one way or another it's basically like on instagram how do you stand out on instagram it's like what you do you think and um, the right people will come like one way or another uh, there is like um, style and art for everyone so yeah yeah, and that's that's actually a very interesting point. So how 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 do you define your audience? Do you do you research your audience? Do you try to understand who would be like you know a potential you know person who would uh, like your art? Uh, do you have any idea about that? Or you know other artists? Uh, are you trying to do some like you know this uh, business level type of customer discovery? Well, I've been trying to been trying to do this, but years ago. And my art evolved quite a bit since then, and I haven't tried anything similar recently. But um, you know, the thing with art is, uh, it's like it's the weirdest uh, business model that exists. Like you make the product, and then you start thinking, okay, who do I sell that to? <laughs> and, and in every other business, you you think about the the, the buyer, the customer before you make the product. <laughs> but in art, it's the other way around. So, but this counts because most of the artists they create because of their desire, because of them, or because they just want to do that. And then they're like, after that, searching for who can buy it or who will like it. Yeah, but again, uh, I think the audience changed a lot for artists in general since the you know uh, this epidemic of NFTs. Because I, I've been talking, for example, to one art dealer. Uh, quite recently, and he was like, you know, my core audience, uh, like two years ago, even I'm not talking about ten years ago. You know, my average customer was uh, this old white man. Period. That's it. Yeah. Like you know, sixty plus white male, nothing, yeah. nothing else ever. And now it's changing uh, because of crypto as well. Because uh, you know, it was like one of my biggest current customers. Is actually like you know a 21 year old kid from UCLA uh, who made his money on crypto and now he is buying like you know medieval armors and things like that. So uh, the audience changed a lot. Like your art, I guess, is changing also like you know under the influence of that, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. I'm really happy about it because um, I was absolutely right. Like before NFTs, uh, only like. Old people collected art and bought like expensive art, and now like like most of my collectors are my age, <laughs> which is really awesome because like those are the people that appreciate it, and because of crypto, they they have money for it. So, uh, but again, like if if it's uh, influencing your art, uh, do you feel like you felt have more freedom now because of that? I don't know. No, I, I don't know, but uh, what I can say is like now I try my art to be like uh, more uh, polished because of uh, because of NFTs and all the amazing art that I see I'm competing with. Like for yeah. example, like I, like uh, probably all, you all know that uh, like fifty percent of all NFTs that are sold is three D animations. So obviously, like three D animations work better than the rest of the NFTs. So I've been trying to to make more animations to to polish my art to to look uh, more like three D. I, I try to like uh, do learning Blender because I want to try three D as well. So yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, of course, on one hand, it helps you, like, you know, and pushes your boundaries in, in a certain way. But, you know, on the other hand, I feel like um, crypto in general, because let's, let's be honest about one thing. Uh, NFTs are, um, you know, it is art, of course, but it's like a crypto art in, in the first place, right? Um, and crypto, of course, um, you know, took in a lot of cultural moments from, uh, let's say, oral internet, right? So a lot of memes, uh, uh, like, you know, Pepe the Frog or whatever, uh, you know, that's what really infused the crypto culture. Uh, but um, also, like, so, so you come from, you know, one uh one industry right you're an artist in the first place you like to create visual designs you like to create something that is you know vivid uh and yeah. really uh, like you know and on the other hand you have this whole internet culture which sometimes is on purpose uh retarded uh and there is literally no other word for that yeah. uh, and like you are trying to sell in the end of the day, highly sophisticated art to people who appreciate Pepe and pixels. Uh, so how do you actually find a balance between those things? So, yeah, I understand. So in, in the beginning, before like um, February, I think that there was like artists that uh, create mainly crypto art, like crypto themed art, and collectors that collected the, that kind of art. But after that, like a lot of new people came to the space, like me. So they brought new art that that's not actually crypto themed, like crypto related. For for instance, I draw females, I draw girls portraits. And at the same time, there new collectors came that are not uh, collecting specifically crypto themed art. So I think right now in NFTs you have a lot of variety. You can find like. 2D illustrations, kids illustrations, like not kids illustrations, but like cartoons. You, you can find manga. There's actually a manga uh, NFT platform, a marketplace right now. And I think right now you have pretty much everything you, you, you can want in digital art. And there is artists in, in that space and also collectors. So I don't think I'm trying to, to sell to collectors that are looking only for crypto art. Okay, that's that that's good news. Like you know, that's that's really comforting for me because um, honestly, um, like I said, I've been thinking a lot about this whole uh, you know collision between uh, art and uh, I don't know collectibles and PFPs, generative stuff, and so on and so on and. Uh, well, on one hand, uh, really, uh, like I said, this whole NFT movement was about giving freedom to artists. Uh, sometimes when you just, you know, browse, uh, I don't know, Twitter and communities and marketplaces and everything like that, you are, I don't know, at least for me, it was a big question, like, where, where, where is that art? Uh, I'm, I'm really not sure. I mean, of course, uh, it's so easy right now for people sometimes, like, you know, creates whatever literally and throw out there and sell it for uh crazy money i mean some pieces that are being sold uh from my perspective they just don't measure the price from the perspective of just like you know the effort that was obviously put into them right um and and, and that's been been my you know one of my, one of my biggest problems with the, with the space in general yeah 
this is said too much like NFT uh, art world is getting closer to the traditional art world. Like in traditional art world, you have the same. Like you have this those contemporary art pieces that you're looking at it and you're like, what the fuck is this? And then it's selling for like a few millions, and you're like, what? What's going on here? <laughs> and you think you're like, am I not understanding art or what's going on? But uh, you know, there is art for for everyone. And yeah, probably sometimes we don't like it, but uh, there is somewhere there is a collector that will love it. Yeah, but I guess look um, again. Um, one one of at least of my uh, theories is that uh, the price of art and the value, actual value of art pieces, in is in you know big chunk of it belongs to the narrative around the piece of art, right? And of course, that also means the narrative around the artist who created. So, for example, a lot of people obviously would would say that, um, you know, Rothko, uh, you know, his art pieces are not that uh, hard to make, right? And they're really simplistic in a way. But those are like one of the most expensive uh, pictures you, you, you'd find uh, in general uh, in, in the world. Uh, so, yeah, uh, but, but he is like, you know, one of the founders of, you know, one of the art styles in general, yeah. just like you know Andy Warhol is, uh, because again you can criticize his I uh, know Coca Cola all you want, but he created pop art in 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 a sense, uh, and that's why he's expensive, right? But that's one thing uh, because those people again created something, just like you know Larva Labs created CryptoPunks, uh, and no matter how like you know how much low effort it would look right now. That's something that actually created generative art on blockchain and created the PFP and created everything else. So that thing, again, deserves its place in history. It's a big part uh, of crypto history, of blockchain history, of, you know, this digital culture that uh, definitely, you know, went parabolic, uh, especially during the pandemic and things. But again, that's one side of the story. But the other side of the story is, Again, those people who just don't put, really don't put much effort into creating what they do, people who are creating, uh, like, you know, derivative of a derivative of CryptoPunks, that is something that is, uh, I guess, kind of confusing for me at least. Yeah, uh, yeah, I understand. Well, there's always similar, like, projects and people that they just try to make fast money. And in the beginning, there are like a lot of people like that. But now, when you look at it, like there are less and less people trying to to make similar like money from something like that. Because in the end, like you may sell it to a few people, but in time, you you want to ask. Um, people will see that it's not that unique. There's better projects, and they won't be able to sustain it. And in the end, like not in the end, but in the for the long term. There would be like artists that are consistent with their styles, with their works, with uh, their beliefs, and so on. Yeah, and that's that's definitely something I like about your artworks because it's it's really consistent. Like you have your style and you stick to it. Like you know, like you said, you can have like you know black and white periods or something, but there is this style consistency that like you know when you look at uh, a piece, you can definitely say, okay, that's MZK, okay, that's that's it. Right. No, no, nobody else could do that. Uh, so, yeah.
Yeah, definitely. And uh, collectors notice that. Like, uh, I've talked to a few collectors that uh, trade uh, told me that that they they actually like made their uh, homework. Like, they've uh, researched me. They check my website, my Instagram. Like, they did their homework, and people notice that. Like, because collectors they're not just buying what they like. You know, they they're trying to to do their homework to see if you're like artist that will be here after ten years like even more because that's their investment if you tomorrow you decide to do something else what happens with their investment yeah. like they bet on you that in 10 years you'll be like really famous and their investment will cost uh, like much more and they can sell it then so they try to find the, the artist that like the the people that are true artists that will be always drawing always creating and yeah not just for the the quick books or the the trend yeah so that would be like your uh, say if i'd ask you to give one advice to people who want to be uh nft artists who want to succeed in this space like what that would be the consistency well yeah <laughs> consistency is definitely the most important thing for the, for an artist because uh, like like to be like one one night success is really rare most of us most of the artists like they they succeed by their consistency like most of the artists that i see that they sell that sell nfts now are people that have been following and watching for years like some of the artists i know for, for 15 years which is amazing like because for 15 years, I've been watching them and like admiring them, and now they're into NFT space and working on the same project, and we're talking about it and chatting, and it's really awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I heard about people as well. Like, you know, uh, there were those people who, you know, who've been into art and to design and visual, you know, scene in general, and uh, they know nothing about NFTs, for example, but they know people because you know he is. Uh, a legendary person in, in the space so you know uh it's not like um you know he emerged thanks to nfts actually but i guess nfts made him closer to his audience i guess and definitely made him you know helped him make some big bucks on his uh, on his art yeah. Yeah. Um, okay um if anybody has any questions or if anybody wants to jump on stage and and ask or say anything uh any thoughts we have uh another five minutes to this or if not we can wrap it up so, yeah yeah maybe some questions from the chat yeah well the chat seems to be quite empty today uh but again, uh, if you want to say something else, you're definitely more than welcome. I encourage everybody to see the playing cards project. Pretty awesome project. Uh, not just my art, like the other artists, amazing. Yeah, some, I agree. Some That's of the best artists I know are there, so definitely check it out. Yeah, if you can drop the link in, in the chat, that would be also great. Uh, and yeah, I totally doubt that it's it's a really cool thing uh, and quite unique to this space in general. Mm. All right, uh, I guess we'll wrap it up here. Uh, thanks everyone for coming. MZK, thank you so much for coming and for sharing. You know your your experience, your thoughts, and your ideas. 
thank you for all the projects you are doing in this space. I don't, thank you, thank you for changing the world, like you know, one picture at a time. <laughs> thank you, thank you for having me. It's, it's been a great talk, and thanks. Thank you. Take care, everyone. Till next week.